0: Last week, we said the just shall live by faith. We we're looking at scripture in Romans. That the righteous, the just shall live by faith. And the question is, how do we live by faith? It's one thing saying it, saying the question, saying, well, okay, uh, God expects us to live by faith. But what does that mean? Uh, and today I want to kind of do the second part of last week. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says this, for we live by faith not by sight. We live by faith not by sight. Now why am I using that scripture? Because when we live by faith the first challenge that we will face is that the world doesn't. The world that we live in has no clue how to live by faith, and so they live by what is visible. Now, I've had people over the years say to me, oh, I would believe in God if I could see him. Yeah, I would believe in him, um, but because I can't see him, I can't believe in him. And the problem is that if you expect to see first, you will never ever believe in God. You will not believe. And And the irony is, uh, I saw a funny clip yesterday um, of a professor talking to some children who believe in Jesus uh, and who believe in God, and he said, um, he's not real, doesn't exist. He says, can you touch your God? No. Can you see your God? No, he doesn't exist. So the child said to him, how do you know this? He says, with my sense. He says, well, can you touch your sense? He says, no. Can you see your sense? He says, no. Well, then you have no sense. (laughs) The irony is that we believe so many things without seeing them, and yet people refuse to believe in God because he can't be seen. You know, you're all this morning, you're all sitting on a chair. How do you know that chair takes your weight? You take it on faith, don't you? You take it on faith that the chair you're sitting on will take your weight. And the thing is, living by faith is all to do with living by what God has said in scripture. So this book becomes really important to us. Um, Everything God has said, and we find the struggle we have in 2024 is that the world is increasingly moving away from Christian values. The United Kingdom, our British law, historically was founded on biblical principles and we are now moving away from that and that creates a massive issue for us because we live in a world where being a Christian is swimming against the the flow of where everybody is going and so scripture talks about good being evil and evil being good well we have that today I mean the irony is that uh, I'm not in the lingo but um, in, in some quarters, that if something is good, it's wicked or it's sick. Sick, I mean, for goodness sake. What's that man that's sick? I don't know what sick is. You get a bucket and then... <laughs> so it's really difficult to live by faith because every day we are told to live in a different way. And so, the world is very visible, it's very alluring, it's very believable. You would not believe, I do say this on purpose, you would not believe how many things you do believe based on the television that you've watched in the last 30 years. Why is it, do you think, that Disney is increasingly putting political and social things into their animations uh, and into all of their programs that they're doing because they know that you can condition people to believe it over time. And if you tell it as a story, people will believe it. My wife and I watched a movie some time back uh, and it wasn't kind of long into it that I had a suspicion where this movie was going and it was a movie about a guy who was young fit and everything and he had an accident and he was paralyzed from the neck downwards and the whole movie went to basically he was going to Switzerland to have his life ended and that's what happened at the end of the movie it was a movie that was pushing euthanasia yeah That's what it was pushing. I read a report um, yesterday or the day before that said it is alarming to see in surveys how many people are for euthanasia for homeless, for people with mental health issues, for the elderly. I mean, for goodness sake, it's like getting to the edge of the cliff, just throw them off. We don't need you. And we don't see in our world The evil that comes because it is justified by what we see on the television. And so living by faith becomes an increasingly difficult thing to do because we have to choose to live by very different principles. And they're in Scripture. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 4.4. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What is he saying here? He's quoting Deuteronomy 8.32. So it's an Old Testament saying that he is bringing forward into today. And he's saying simply this, that if you are to live today, you need bread. By that, he's saying you need food. Yeah. How many of us are going to have a Sunday lunch? Yeah, well done, Luke, you and me. Moses, we're going to eat something today, yeah? If you don't eat today, you're definitely going to eat tomorrow. If you don't eat tomorrow, you're definitely going to eat the next day. If you don't eat the next day, then you might die. Yeah, because we need food. Yeah, not quite. But if you don't drink. I think it's three days without water, isn't it? Something like that. So the point is this, that we live by bread. But Jesus is saying it is not... The food that you eat that sustains your life, it is the word from God that sustains you. I had a really interesting conversation. We had a funeral on Friday uh, and I went um, to afterwards to where the family were having some uh, refreshments and stuff. And I sat on a table with two guys. One was 92 and the other was 94. And then their brother is 88. 88. And I said to them, so what's the secret of your longevity? And they said contentment. They said finding contentment in life. And my argument is this, they're both believers, is that the only way you will find that contentment is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you do not have that, and if you are not living on the word of God, you will always be chasing something. Chasing a husband, chasing a job, chasing wealth, chasing a new car, chasing a holiday, chasing the next furniture, the bigger house, whatever it is, you will be chasing your whole life and you will never find contentment. One of my favourite statements with money is this, it's an anonymous quote and he says, I have enough money to last me for the rest of my life. Unless, of course, I need to buy something. The idea is that actually we chase the things in the world. We chase. I was reading in Psalm 39, I think it was this morning, that people run to and fro to gain wealth. No, it's in Proverbs I was reading. That people run to and fro to gain wealth and then in the end they don't know who it's going to go to. I mean, let's face it, all these people who are billionaires will die at some point and somebody else will get it. The house that you live in now, unless it was a new build, somebody else owned it at one point, somebody else paid for it, and now you're there, you're chasing that. And so living by faith means that we need A word from God. We need something from God that sustains us. And I've been reminded in the last three months, I've been reminded that we cannot get through difficult situations unless we have a clear word from God that leads us through. And that word from God is in scripture, but it's something that we pray and God brings to us. Let me just unpack that for a moment. There are loads of scriptures in the Bible that cover just about everything you need in life. From healing, from disease, from freedom, from oppression, uh, from provision, clothes, food, loads of things. Everything is covered in the Bible. The problem is it doesn't automatically apply unless there is faith involved. I read something. I've got a few books on faith. This is a really good book on faith. Uh, a guy called Phil Pringle, um, but what I really liked is um, he makes this comment, this, this, this might really shock you, but he makes a statement about faith, he says, throughout the Bible we see God responding to faith rather than need without faith. So what happens is people think God will do it because I need it. No, no, no. God does it because you have faith and you need it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. What does that mean? It means we must approach God saying, I believe in what you have said and I believe that will come to pass. Where the challenge comes in is in discerning what has God said. That's the big thing. What has God said? Well, we can say, well, it's all in scripture. But does that mean if I read Psalm 91 that the pestilence will not come near me, that I will never die of a disease? Well, it doesn't say that. That was written for a specific audience at that time. For that to be active in me, it needs a revelation from God as a word from God and it needs my faith to interact with it. It's faith. Faith applies god's word because god has spoken it to me i loved something that i read from d.l moody d.l moody lived in the time of the black death and one of the things he was doing is he was nursing people who were dying of the black death but he was walking home one night and in the window Of this shop. Somebody had put Psalm 91. That this pestilence will not come near you. It will not kill you. They'd put it in the shop window. And he said that as he read this. It became like a hammer blow in his heart. And he knew God had spoken it afresh into his life. And from that point on. There was no fear. When he went in to do anything. In terms of people dying of the plague. Because. Hebrews um, 1 says Faith is the substance of things hoped for But actually the old Darby translation says It is the substantiating Now for those of you who are younger You might think What on earth does substantiating mean? It means That when you have faith in God, what God does is in his grace, he gives you a word or a sense or a knowledge that you now have the confidence that what you've trusted in him for is going to come to pass. It is this kind of, I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. That's, That's how it works within you. Faith is not when we are constantly going, well, I hope so, I hope so, I hope so. That's not faith. So how do we apply that? Well, the simple thing is we pray through until we get a word from God. We pray and we pray and we pray and we seek God. And then one morning, either into your heart or through scripture, God will highlight a scripture. It will be like something that comes as fresh revelation to you and you'll go, I've got it. And from that point on, you will look at the situation very, very differently. Let me talk for a moment about looking at things. It says in Hebrews 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And then he says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. When we live by faith, we've got to fix our eyes on something. And depending upon what you look at will depend on whether your faith will withstand what you are going through. Let me read to you an example of this from Matthew. Matthew 14. And I'm going to read from verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went to them walking on the lake. So here's Jesus walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. What an amazing thing. Can you imagine that? Jumping over the side of the boat thinking, am I going to go under now? Or am I going to stand on the water? But when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? You see, Peter was OK while he looked at Jesus, but he wasn't OK when he started to look at the wind and the waves. You've got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and the, the more difficult the circumstance the harder the problem the bigger the mountain the more you've got to look at Jesus now I'm a big fan of Smith Wigglesworth I love this guy I think he was amazing um, and I want to read you a story this morning Let me read this to you just to illustrate the point this morning. The man whom I have been speaking came to me and said, the doctor says that this is the last day that my wife has to live. I said, oh, Brother Clark, why don't you believe God? God can raise her up if you will only believe him. He replied, I have looked at you When you have talked and I have wept and said, Father, if you could give me this confidence, I would be so happy. I said, could you trust God? I felt that the Lord would heal her. I sent word to a certain man and asked if he would come with me to a dying woman. And I believed that if two of us would go and anoint her according to James 5, 14 to 15, she would be raised up. This man said, oh, why do you come to me? I could not believe, although I believe the Lord would be sure to heal her if you would go. Amazing to have such good friends. Then I sent word to another man and asked him to go with me. This man could pray by the hour. When he was on his knees, he could go around the world three times and come out the same place. I told him that whatever his impression was, to be sure to go and to pray right through. We entered the house. I asked this man to pray first. He cried in desperation and prayed that this man man might be comforted after he was left with his little motherless children and that he might be strengthened to bear his sorrow. I could hardly wait until he was finished. My whole being was moved. I thought... What an awful thing to bring this man all this way to pray that kind of a prayer. What was the matter with him? He was looking at the dying woman instead of looking to God. You can never pray the prayer of faith if you look at the person who is needing it. There is only one place to look and that is to Jesus. The Lord wants to help us right now to learn this truth and to keep our eyes on him. When this man had finished, I said to Brother Clark, now you pray. He took up the thread where the other man had left off and went on in the same kind of prayer. He got so down beneath the burden, I thought he would never rise again. And I was glad when he was through, I could not have borne it much longer. These prayers seemed to me the most out of place prayers that i had ever heard. The whole atmosphere was being charged with unbelief. My soul was stirred. I was eager for God to get a chance to do something and to have his way. I did not wait to pray, but rushed up and t- and to the bed and tipped the, b- the bottle of oil, pouring nearly the whole contents on the woman. Then I saw Jesus just above the bed with the sweetest smile on his face. And I said to her, woman, Jesus Christ makes you whole. The woman stood up perfectly healed and she is a strong woman today. Oh beloved, my God helps us to get our eyes off the conditions and symptoms no matter how bad they may be and get them fastened on him. Then we will be able to pray the prayer of faith. He goes on to say, I am not moved by what I see, I am moved only by what I believe. I know this that no man looks at the circumstances if he believes, and no man relies on his feelings if he believes. The man who believes God has his request. Every man who has come into the Pentecostal condition, that is baptism in the Spirit, can laugh at all of these things and believe God. The point is this where are you looking at this morning? If you look at your life, if you look at the difficulty, if you look at the challenges, where are your eyes focused? Now, have you noticed that you can't look at two things at once? You can't do it. You know, one of the things that I really struggle, I'm I'm gonna put myself in a hole here this morning. When I go and visit people and they have the TV on, I have a really hard time focusing. Because I can't have the TV on and somebody talking to me, because I can't, my brain wants to look at both, and I can't do it. And the thing is, the world will tell you, this is what's going on, this is the disease you have, this is the problem you've got, this is the insurmountable evidence in the world, these are the facts, and if you look at these facts, you will realise that this thing is beyond you. And Jesus says, well, don't look at that. He says, look at me, I have created the world, I have all authority, I have all power, my blood has cleansed you from sin, it has released the power of healing, my spirit is in you and if you look to me, you will say all things are possible. And so the challenge for us (coughs) is that we look by faith that when we are saying the just will live by faith, that we do that by looking at God's word, by asking him to make that word real to us, and by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. I was talking to Pastor Poulton last week. He came into practice on the keyboard for the funeral on Friday. And we were just chatting and he spoke about, you know, living in the 1950s. And obviously 1950s, just after the war, there wasn't much finance about. Um, And he said, you know what? He said, we did things in church before we had the money to do them because we had faith. We saw God do amazing things. This building here is the product of the faith of people in the 50s who got together and said, God has told us to build a building and they sacrificed and they trusted and they prayed and the money came in and God did it. And yet we live in a world now that says, no, 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 no. We need to have everything signed off nicely. We need to know where the provision is coming from. We need to know everything before we can do anything. Because without that, there is the uncertainty and we might get into trouble. Well, that's not faith. That is looking at the situation. I've learned something in my life that I don't ask God to give me a vision of my life 20 years from now. Because I would probably run a mile. God shows me just enough to move to the next place. One of the things that I love in the Old Testament is that God set the Israelites free from Egypt. But what you kind of sometimes miss when you read through that section is they came out of Egypt already and armed for battle. Yeah, that's what it says. That's how they came out. But God... Moved them into the desert because he said if they are to face war, they'd go back to Egypt because they're not ready. They thought they were ready. They had all the stuff. But God knows. God knows where he leads us. He led them towards the Red Sea. The Egyptians came behind and they said to Moses, what are you doing? We are now going to be killed. And he says, now see the amazing power of God. And then the seas parted and they walked through. It's amazing. And the thing is, we are the kind who would say in our Western British um, society, well, we're not going to go anywhere near the Red Sea because we can't get across. We wouldn't even go there. But you see, if we live by God's word, if we live by faith, trusting in God, we will find that God will do. And here's the challenge this morning. It's not about your need actually. It's not about my need. It's not about your need. It's about your faith. And that doesn't mean that if you say to yourself, well, I don't have the faith that I need for this situation. Well, then you start praying. The Bible says we can pray for faith. And how does faith come? It comes through hearing the word of Christ so it means that we pick up our Bibles and we start meditating let me tell you meditation on scripture is one of the most important things you can do on your life and you need to do it every day to get your soul happy in the Lord and meditation is a slow reading of the text where do you start start with Psalm 1 and meditate through the Psalms and by the time you get to Psalm 150 your faith will be 150 miles high you think, wow, that you read through, slowly. Now, I was reading through again Psalm 23. I love that psalm. It's awesome. And just that very first line, you know, in my meditation, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack anything. And as I'm reading that slowly, I begin to see that, if he's not the Lord, then he's not my shepherd. Because it's the Lord is my shepherd. If he's not your Lord, then he's not your shepherd. But if he is your Lord, then he is your shepherd. And if he is your shepherd, you will not lack anything. Now that's just a simple meditation on the scripture and I want to encourage you don't read through uh, 15 chapters in the morning take a small section read it slowly and say Holy Spirit I want you to speak to me through this text the the, the interesting thing is you can't meditate when you're in a rush you can read your Bible in a rush because you can get through the text but how many of you have been the same as me that you've read your Bible reading you go out and you think I can't even remember what I read I don't even know what book it was. With meditation, you know, you, you actually remember what you read. It becomes memorized in your heart and in your spirit. And so I want to encourage you this morning that as we live by faith, we fix our eyes on Jesus. We fix them there. And maybe this morning your eyes have been fixed somewhere else And Jesus wants to say to you today, hey, guys, get it back on me. Because if you look at me, you won't be sinking in the water. If you look at me, if you keep your eyes focused on me, you can walk on water. You can do amazing things because your eyes are focused on me and that will raise your faith. You know, the, the, the father with the boy who had a demon, when the disciples couldn't do it, he was despondent until he saw Jesus. And then he said, help me, I want to believe. And Jesus helped him and he healed his son. So I want to encourage you this morning, fix your eyes on Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you that you love us. I want to thank you that you care for us. I want to thank you that you've made provision. The word says that you've given us everything we need for life and for godliness. And so it is possible for us to live a godly life on this earth, in this nation, in this town, because you have made that provision. And I pray that you would help us, that you would help us today. And I want to encourage you, take this moment, just take a moment and fix your eyes on Jesus. If you've backslidden or if you've ignored Jesus or he's not been involved in your life, then we'll just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm really sorry. Help me this morning. And fix your eyes on Jesus, the author of your faith and the perfecter of your faith. The Jesus who says to you this morning, I'm never going to leave you and I'm never going to forsake you. I will always be with you. You keep looking at me. I'm with you every moment of every day. And the harder it gets, the bigger I become. You look to me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.